alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the 46th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal, Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Um, If I'm being truthful, work has been kicking my fucking ass like the last week and a half. I don't know why it is so goddamn busy, but I can tell you one thing. I'm fucking exhausted, that's for sure. How's work been treating you? Oh, it's been good. I've been powering through, uh, coming off of the holidays now, so getting used to the full week, but pretty much the same. Yo, uh, I was going to ask you, so um, you probably, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post today, uh, that I went and saw The Lodge last night. Fucking awesome movie. I loved it. So good. Yeah, I did see that post. How was it? The is it is it like a remake or? No, no, no. It's just like a... It's just a straight up brand new horror movie. Um, for some reason, I have no goddamn idea why, but uh, in Minnesota, they did an advanced screening at this like one theater that just so happened to be like my favorite theater to go to because they serve you beer and whatever. But it was awesome. I don't think it gets like officially released until like the 14th or something like that. But uh, uh, it was really good. I really wanted to see it because it kind of reminded me of uh, Hereditary, which is like my favorite horror movie. It's not as good, but uh, man, in the first like 10 minutes of that movie, usually jump scares don't get me. But fuck, man, that like within the first 10 minutes scared the shit out of me. So uh, it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to catch that one. I'm I'm way behind. I got to I don't have uh, like cable anymore so i've got a like i'm way behind on like movie trailers and like movies i'm still red boxing shit so that's how far behind i am dude uh so like i i don't know if you had seen it on uh instagram or anything but i think it's a new saw movie but it's like a spin-off of the saw series and uh the main actor is chris rock really yeah, I, I watched the trailer today because, you know, I'm a fan of the Saw movies, even though they kind of get really stupid. But it's weird to see Chris Rock in like a serious role where he's not being a funny guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that he got divorced from his wife and she got quite a bit of money, so he <laughs> might need this gig. <laughs> you know, hey, you know what? I mean, if we've never thought of Chris Rock as like a a uh, serious actor or whatever maybe this would be great for him like maybe this would be the role that takes him over the edge like we n- i never thought of adam sandler as a very serious actor but apparently that new movie that uncut gems is apparently really good yeah i've heard a lot of good things about that one so but it's just you never you, you haven't seen chris rock in anything for years and ever. years so yeah he looks a little aged in it but maybe that'll fit into like his role as the lead detective or whatever. Hmm. I might have to catch that one. (laughs) 
But uh, anyway, Phil, it's about that time. Why don't we, we're each going to do a hot sheet today. Um, why don't you start us off with what you have found in the hot sheets? All right. So I found uh, a bit of a good one today. Five tips for selling your soul to the devil. Okay. So this is like a, like if Joe Namath, did, was it written by Joe Namath? I feel like he sold his soul to the devil. No, and it was not written by Bilichek or Tom Brady either. So. <laughs> or Robert so Kraft. Actually, or Robert Kraft, yeah. So he might actually be the devil. <laughs> so <laughs> this is actually taken from a book. Uh, Japanese Satanologist, Dr. Wada Bakata. Ah, okay. Yeah. So she is the world's leading expert on negotiating with Satan. And her book is How to Negotiate the Best Deal for Your Soul. And it gives you five tips in the article. <laughs> Sounds like the uh, counterpoint to Trump's art of the deal. Yeah, this actually might work for you. So, <laughs> so number one, only make contact with Satan when you are alone. Okay. All right. Yeah. So apparently it tells you to close your eyes and say, Satan, I am ready to make a deal. And you have to repeat that three times, of course. So, <laughs> And then Howie Mandel appears in front of you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Probably whatever uh, whatever image you want the devil to take, but I guess maybe Howie Mandel for you. But <laughs> don't sell your soul for less than it's worth. And that's pretty much good advice for everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, don't sell yourself cheap. Don't let the devil barter you down. That's true. Number three, ask for everything you want. Okay. All right. You know what's funny about these? We never really learn what actually ha What does he do with your soul? Are you just going to go to hell? Like, is that the thing? Or, like, what does he do with your soul? I don't know. In Supernatural, the TV show, you basically sell your soul. You have 10 years to live on Earth, and then you just kind of live in hell. I mean, you're probably going to live in hell anyway. That's where people go in that show. So, <laughs> All right. It's number four. Priority housing in hell. So it's basically telling you, once you get to hell, make sure that you try to get an upgrade when you live there so that you're not living in some uh, shithole. You know, they want you to have your own mansion in hell, not just, uh, you know, a cave. So you're not stuck as roommates with like Mitt Romney or something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, the 100 year life extension provision. Now, this is telling you that. You should put a clause on the end so that after you sell your soul, you have another hundred years of life left ahead of you. So you don't die off in the next couple of years after you sell it. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I guess this is a good set of rules if you desire to sell your soul to the devil. It kind of feels like in Aladdin when he, you like wish for more wishes or whatever. That's true. Uh, I do remember the great documentary Bedazzled. And yeah. The devil really <laughs> fucked him over in that movie with his wishes. So I, I, I always is it weird? I was thinking about that exact same movie. Yeah, well, it is the preeminent movie for selling your soul to the devil. So <laughs> Brendan Fraser, greatest I, actor of our time. I was going to say, is this article written by Brendan Fraser? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Honestly, looking at his movie career, I I don't think he actually sold the soul. <laughs> Uh, that was a great article. I love that. Um, I'm going to do mine real quick here before we get started. Um, I'm going back to Pauline Bennett's, or Bennett's uh, World of the Unusual because this seems to be my new favorite article in the Weekly World News. Now, this one is from January 6th, 1981, and it's titled uh, Shoots That Strange Character. Now, 
there's a little asterisk that says, I swear I'm not a hillbilly on there. So don't be thinking this is just some hillbilly. Charles Fulton, uh, 39, of Mansville, Kentucky, says he fired several shots at a creature he described as more than seven foot tall, standing on two feet with glowing eyes and hair like a horse's mane. After he fired, the ape-like creature turned and ran off at, quote, slow motion gallop. Uh, That's a quote from Fulton. I don't know. Are you sure? I feel like he might have just shot a horse. Like that's I don't kinda... know. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki must have been scared out of his mind. That's crazy. <laughs> Does he gallop like a horse? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded like seven <laughs> feet tall, long flowing hair. Does he have a horse hair? I suppose he might if he's Greek, isn't he? He used to have real long hair. He's German. But... <laughs> oh, he's German. Okay. <laughs> All right. This uh, goes on. His wife, Wanda, and several of the children saw the creature from inside the house. Other people in the area report seeing the creature and call it the Kentucky Bigfoot. Shout out uh, Jimmy Dar right there. Maybe that is <laughs> Jimmy Dar's long lost relative there. Remember old yeah, Jimmy I think, Dar? I think JD would have taken him down. <laughs> All right. The last thing we got to do is... Uh, Madame Bennett's prediction for the week. Now, her prediction this week is an anti-flu vaccine made from uh, sheep liver will be discovered by a Scottish scientist. Don't know if that actually happened. I kind of doubt it. But apparently that's what she claims is going to happen. So and that's and that's for that's current, right? That's That's from 1961. Oh, that's from 1961. Yeah, so okay. we definitely would know if that actually happened or not. <laughs> yeah, we would have heard about it by now. <laughs> and I don't think it did. No. But all right, Phil. So um, what I'm going to do here is I am going to, before we get started, I'm going to let you in on a thing here. I'm going to send you a picture on our, our uh, voice application here. Now, do you see that object in said picture? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen this uh, object before? Yes, it's a very famous picture. It is. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, apparently I've been living under a rock because I didn't know that much about this uh, particular object Um, But what we're going to be talking about today is what they call the Black Knight Satellite. So how, without spoiling anything here, how familiar with this thing are you? Uh, I've seen quite a few videos. Uh, Apparently it's been there for thousands of years, supposedly. Right. You, you're very right. Um, I don't know how I've missed this thing for so long. I Honestly, like over the weekend, I was kind of like, you know, picking my brain, like, what should we talk about this week? And somehow I just stumbled upon this and I'm like, okay, this seems kind of interesting. You know, we got a uh, imposing name like the Black Knight Satellite. And he's like, okay, this sounds pretty fucking metal. And then I'm reading deep into articles about it. And I'm like, Jesus, this is fucking weird. Um, and we haven't done aliens in a while. So I figured... Why not? Why not get back into well, it's been months since we don't done aliens, haven't it? Yeah, we definitely played it out after the uh, Roswell and Area 51 
uh, during the Storm Era 51 debacle. So, yeah, but uh, I don't I don't know. Once we get to the end of this thing, like I'm not you're going to look at that picture again once we get at the very end of it and see if you agree with uh, the findings that I have found. So uh, let's start off here kind of like what you said. Um, We don't exactly know who or how this conspiracy got started, um, but in a roundabout way, the Black Knight satellite is believed to be uh, about 13,000 years old. Um, It's an old alien artifact or a uh, possible alien satellite that's been hovering in our solar system uh, for obviously that many years, just kind of watching over us, I guess, is the best way you could uh, describe it. Now, that particular photo, which I'm assuming Phil will post in our Instagram feed as well. Um, otherwise, you can literally Google Black Knight Satellite. And there's like 9 million pictures of it. That particular photo was taken in 1998 um, by a uh, NASA team, actually. And it's, from what I could tell, basically, you had that picture. And then from that picture a whole shitload of conspiracies kind of got entangled in the web that create this giant fucking story about this thing, which essentially um, a lot of people believe this particular thing is alien and they basically use it to keep an eye on humans and what humans have been doing and all of that, which if it is 13,000 years old, I guess that'd probably be about the appropriate amount of time to keep an eye on humans, right? Yeah, I mean, we really, 13,000 years ago would have been kind of when, you know, humans stopped hunting primarily for food and started farming. So that's a pretty big leap. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, maybe that's why it's been given that amount of time, because I assume... uh 13,000 years ago, we we slowly started moving into like a, uh, I don't want to say more domestic animal or whatever, but we definitely started moving towards slowly towards like a more civilized society. Yeah, definitely. I mean, agrarian cultures really started popping up uh, around, I think it's like 10 to 13,000 years ago, so... This, like about thirteen thousand years ago is is when they estimate that the uh, Homo sapiens had essentially eradicated the uh, the uh, Neanderthals, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, not really eradicated them. They might have either out hunted them or just out fucked them or yeah. bred them into Homo sapiens. So yeah, that was kind of what. Well, at least that's what the History Channel was saying. Is uh, basically they. The Homo sapiens would capture them and rape them and whatever, and then their DNA just kind of got mixed in uh, with Homo sapiens and all of that, and they eventually just kind of uh, faded off. Yeah. Well, our modern humans' like ability to hunt, uh, communicate, everything, we just had a leg up on every single situation. And every time Homo sapiens, modern humans, moved into their areas, they would just have to move out. Yeah. Yeah, that that's true. And uh I think we actually have proof that they're kind of uh they share DNA in some people, right? Uh shout out yeah. my cousin Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think definitely. If we believe the like 
uh, 23 and Me or whatever. I think that's the one he did. Uh, he's like 4%. Really? Yeah. If you I believe there, <laughs> if you believe theirs, I, I don't know. If you believe it, he's definitely got like the thick eyebrow ridge. Yeah, he does. He's got the forehead for it. So he's, <laughs> and this isn't, he's tall too. This isn't insulting to him because he, uh, I think he has a caveman tattoo, if I remember right. <laughs> so he won't be upset about that at all. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started here. So, the wild web of conspiracy theories the uh, the Black Knight satellite has, um, it all begins with uh, something that is actually rather weird, weird itself, and that is the belief that it made contact with possibly the world's greatest inventor, Nikola Tesla. Um, so, the story goes that back in 1899... Nikola, Nikola Tesla had constructed a massive radio tower in Colorado Springs and was messing around with creating wireless power, which I think he is kind of famous for whatever trying to do, when he began to receive a mysterious transmission. Now, they didn't he didn't talk about this in an interview until 1923 when he apparently uh, talked to the Albany Telegram. I don't even know if that's still a real newspaper or not, but apparently in 1923 it was. Now, this is a direct quote from Tesla himself about the incident. I have a deep conviction that highly intelligent beings exist on Mars. While experimenting in Colorado, I obtained extraordinary experimental evidence of the existence of life on Mars. I had perfected a wireless receiver of extraordinary sensitive, sensitiveness uh, far beyond anything known, and I caught signals which I interpreted as meaning one, two, three, four. I believe the Martians use numbers for communication because numbers are universal. Now, do you think, I guess I should ask your opinion, if we believe aliens exist or whatever, do you think they use numbers like we do? Well, I wonder if he mistook that for some kind of, like, binary. That would be kind of interesting. It could be. I I don't know. It's, uh, well, the, the, what do you mean when you say that exactly? Oh, so it's the computer languages? It's, uh, like like zeros and and ones? Yeah. Yeah. Zero, zero, one, whatever. I don't know, binary. But there are, like, there's alien people, the conspiracy theorists, who believe that aliens use binary, uh, kind of like that computer language. So we don't obviously have any of his like recordings or any of his notes, but it would be interesting if there was that like still around and they could decipher it, like break it down into binary code. It'd be pretty interesting. Actually, that's a good point now that I think about it, because if he was hearing a bunch of zeros and ones or whatever, he would just assume that they're trying to count or use numbers of some sort. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking. Like maybe he. Like if if somebody got that message now, they might automatically think it was binary. But do, back then, he had no idea what fucking binary was. So. Do you do you remember my old roommate? We don't have to say his name or anything that I lived with in uh, in uh, South St. Paul or whatever. And uh, he's kind of dirty uh, or whatever. <laughs> oh, the dirty one. Yeah, I remember yeah. him. He, uh, I remember he got nerd or something tattooed in binary on his arm, and it was like. 80 fucking zeros and ones to make four letters. Yeah, I think the thing is uh, the R is like a lot because (laughs) 
Like the N and the R, because they're at the end of the alphabet. But yeah, I remember that. It was all down his forearm. Yeah, he he was the interesting cat. Now, yeah. now, um, like I said, some people believe this was actually the Black Knight satellite attempting to communicate with Tesla. Maybe they knew he was extremely intelligent and thought he could handle the information or something. But modern conventional thinking believed that uh, Tesla was actually picking up a radio transmission from possibly like Jupiter or Saturn or just a random radio signal uh, that came from deep space, which kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, I know that there are like stars out there that give off not like radio. It's radio waves like by accident, like just kind of on that spectrum. They just kind of shoot them out into space. Well, yeah, so. I mean, yeah, it's like we talked about on our Saturn uh, episode. Basically, uh, I think the rings release a weird radio noise or something. Yeah, we kind of hear it. It was like that screeching sound. Yeah, it's really fucking yeah. creepy. I remember that. Now, continuing on. So that the te- when we're talking about the grand scope of things with the Black Knight satellite, the Tesla thing is kind of like a maybe. That's like maybe that's what he was talking about in the conspiracy world here. But the the event that a lot of people think was actually I'm air quoting here, actually the Black Knight satellite uh, attempting to communi- communicate with the Earth was in 1927. Now this time they believe that the Black Knight satellite attempted to make contact with a Norwegian engineer named I think it's Jorgen Halls. I, of course I, it is. <laughs> I would assume I should know my native people here. I think it's Jorgen. It has like the 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 O with like the slash through it. Yeah. Whatever they call <laughs> that. Now Jorgen had been experimenting with radio signals himself. And he started to notice that some of the signals that he was messi- uh, messing with would echo back to him several seconds after the initial transmission that he had, I guess, posted ended. Um, he was at a loss to explain what accounted for these long delayed echoes. I think what he's trying to get at is like he was sending a radio signal out and he was almost getting a response back. It's kind of what I was understanding from it. Now, apparently, okay. apparently still to this day, no one has an explanation uh, for what exactly Jorgen was hearing or what signals he was picking up, um, which you could imagine is just feeding into deeper conspiracies itself, right? Because that's really weird, honestly, right? Yeah, I mean, there were obviously radio transmissions. You said 1928? 27, yeah. 27. Yeah, I believe there were radio transmissions like back then, but there wouldn't have been a ton of them. <clears throat> no. And... And it's weird. It's that, odd that he was getting instant feedback. Yeah, it was like, well, it was like a delayed response, but it was like my, from my understanding, what I could pick up is like, it was almost like something was sending him radio signals back, which is kind of weird. But um, <laughs> we could have been the earliest rendition of those one nine hundred numbers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big boy, for just two ninety nine a minute, I can pleasure you all night. What is just like a phone sex ad? Jorgen was getting in his little <laughs> hut uh, for him yeah. and his reindeer there. There are hot singles within a thousand miles of your current location. <laughs> <laughs> Put your credit card number in now. <laughs> now, 
the reason that people have connected Jorgen Hall's experience with the Black Knight satellite is because in 1973, science fiction author Duncan Lunan wrote an article for Space Flight Magazine that speculated that a 13,000-year-old alien object in orbit around the moon could could have been responsible for his otherworldly otherworldly echoes. Uh, in one article, Duncan claims that he had deciphered a mysterious radio transmission that had came from space. Now, Duncan says the deciphered message said, "Start here. Our home is, I think it's Obsidian Boots." Have you ever heard of that? I, apparently, it's a real planet. No, I've never heard of it. Uh, which is a double star. We live on the sixth planet of seven coming from the sun, which is the larger of the two. Our sixth planet has one moon. Our fourth planet has three. Our first and third planets have one, each have one. Our probe is in the position of Archerus. Uh, known in our maps. I, I'm i going to be honest. I have no fucking idea how this guy got any of this shit at all. Like, I'm assuming if people are... If he claims himself to be a science fiction author, he could have made all of this shit up, right? Yeah, you wouldn't even have to be that good of a science fiction author. Like, first of all, why would they call their planetary system what we call it? Like... Obviously, they would call it something else. And I don't think they would call the star that their planets revolve around a, the sun. You know, they probably because that's like our word for, you know. No, you got to remember, he's claiming that he deciphered this message. Oh, so he's putting it into like our words from Correct. this alien transmission, okay. this weird transmission. Trans like, I I don't know if he's hinting at that he has Jorgen's transmission or what the hell he's saying, but apparently he got either either he has Jorgen's transmission or he got his own transmission from somewhere in space. Don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Scientology authors <laughs> and uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Like, oh, sorry, uh, sorry, LRH. I might believe you if you weren't a you know fiction writer, <laughs> dude. You got to look up some of my. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard's, like, fucking Wild West book titles. Like, they're so... I don't... They're, like, buckskin uh, cowboy. Like, they're just so sexual-sounding. Yeah, that's the thing. L. Ron Hubbard, his, uh, all of his books and all of his writings were first draft, best draft. So, you know, he basically just came up with that title and was like, good run with it <laughs> there's no revision no nothing <laughs> now an interesting thing to note uh, about duncan uh overall is that in all of his stuff he doesn't mention the black knight satellite uh at all but conspiracy theorists who are deeply involved with the belief of the black knight satellite seem to just kind of like pile him into the belief because it deals with a weird radio transmission from space that they think could be coming from the Black Knight satellite. Now, I don't know if he was embarrassed or whatever, but apparently later on, Duncan uh, went on to denounce having anything to do with the Black Knight satellite or 
having anything to do with basically seeding the conspiracy theory itself. He didn't want to be connected to it at all. Yeah, it's kind of like whenever you hear the Flat Earth people, they only give out the evidence that supports their argument and not even all that evidence. Like, they'll give out little snippets of like, you know, there's like the whole piece of evidence and then they'll take little bits and pieces. It's kind of what sounds like the conspiracy theorists were doing in this little situation. <laughs> you know, what's like it, it sounds like what we're talking about. So we're just going to copy paste some of it and interject it. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. You know, what's funny, actually, you bring up Flat Earther. So uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about this YouTuber at the very end involving this whole thing. But um, I was watching his video and he's looking at all these like Apollo mission uh, photographs or whatever from like fucking I think it was like 70 something. And I'm just like, man, they went really out of their way to Photoshop a goddamn round earth way back in 1970 when nobody cared about if the earth was flat or not. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, if, why would you even need to like put those pictures out? It's not like anyone in their minds was like, Oh, I know the earth is flat. You know, I just know it. I'm just waiting for NASA. You know, those Apollo missions are coming back with the proof. <laughs> you know, it's just so stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So continuing on here, um, actually, we're jumping back in time a little bit. Uh, in 1954, UFO researcher Donald Kehoe uh, told newspapers that the United States Air Force had reported that two satellites orbiting Earth had been detected. At the time, no country had the technology to launch a satellite. Now, skeptics like to claim that Kehoe was simply promoting his new UFO book and claim he shouldn't be taken serious at all. But it's very strange that he was mentioning a satellite back in 1954, don't you think? Yeah, um, I mean, it is kind of weird. They said that they detected two satellites. According to him. According, oh, according to, him. to Keyhole. Oh, okay. Because and he, the Air Force said he was crazy. He he was a UFO researcher, Um and I'm sure it's just like all the other ones who were there, like, they have inside information or something. And he had heard that they detected two satellites that had been orbiting Earth. But as far as they know at that time, no country on the planet actually had launched a satellite yet. And it would have been really hard for us to detect anything in space, considering we had no satellites and pretty rudimentary fucking telescopes back then, so... Well, I'm assuming they had a telescope enough to at least be able to see something orbiting uh, around Earth. Yeah, that's true. It's just it's there's a lot of space out there. And yeah. Even like even like decent sized satellites that are like that far away. It's kind of hard to see them. So like, yeah. you can see like the uh, International Space Station pretty easily with your naked eye. But that's only because it's so large. Yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, that's going to come up in this story as well. So you're just, hmm. uh, <laughs> you're, you're uh, I don't know, uh, premonating, premonitioning uh, what's about to come here, Phil, today. Yeah, I'll have to start writing an article in the Weekly World News. <laughs> you, that would actually be a fun job. You're going to take over for Madam Bennett. You're going to be the new week because her predictions so far, we've read two of them. 
none of them even remotely close. So <laughs> you're going to get letters from people, write them in there, and then you're going to have a weekly psychic prediction of just some random horseshit that sounds really smart. So yeah, that'd be a that'd be a great little segment. Hell yeah! All right, so uh, continuing on here. Um, another sighting was reported of the Black Knight satellite in the 60s. On March 7th, 1960, keep in mind, this article literally came from Time Magazine. Okay, they par- they uh, per- published an article that read, Three weeks ago, headlines announced that the U.S. had detected a mysterious, quote, dark satellite wheeling overhead on a regular orbit. They There was nervous speculation that it might be a surveillance satellite launched by the Russians and brought the uneasy sensation that the U.S. did not know what was going on over their head. This is a real article in Time, Time Magazine from 1960. I'm not saying Time Magazine can always be trusted or whatever, but I feel like they've had a pretty good, reputable... Uh, I don't know, whatever. They're very, I feel like they're a very reputable magazine, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially back in 1960. Mm. Um, it is crazy because they described it pretty well. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> take a wild guess what you think the U.S. Department of Defense uh, told the public after this article came out. What do you think in your mind uh, they had reported initially? If I had to roll the dice, it would probably pop up denial. <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, basically, what they said was this object was nothing more than the Air Force Discoverer uh, 8 satellite that had apparently broken apart. That was uh, what they claim is what they were seeing. Uh, another Kexberg. <laughs> I mean, basically, right? Yeah. I'm, no, I- no, it's, it's just a fucked up satellite. You know, we have a lot of those. They just... Uh, fall out of the fucking sky all the time <laughs> like why three weeks prior to the announcement of what they believed it is would they release a report that there was a mysterious satellite uh orbiting overhead and they got scared that it was launched by the russians like why how would they not be able to tell it was their own satellite immediately well i mean back then everyone was so russia scared they were probably afraid that people would freak out if they thought the Russians had satellites over the United States that size. So because yeah. everyone, everyone was worried that they were going to somehow arm satellites with nukes. Um, maybe not at that time, but, you know, later on with uh, their the big missiles that were coming out, rockets. And so, well, I mean, I could see that if they were worried that people would be freaking out about it. What would um what I think was funny is like why would they even make an announcement about a weird dark satellite overhead? Why wouldn't they just say, "Hey, that's just our satellite that broke apart"? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe the thing about uh like we were talking about Roswell, how they kind of made an announcement before like the bigwigs could make the real announcement. It could be that situation. Yeah. Like some some little wig made that announcement and then all of a sudden it gets to the higher ups and they're like, fuck, we didn't want that to come <laughs> out. No. So they have to go do damage control. No. Put out what they wanted later on. That's a very good point, actually. You know, like, I mean, we're all talking about this and it basically sounds like your typical bullshit U.S. military cover up story. But the funny thing is that their reasoning actually does hold a little credence 
because they claim when declassified documents revealed that it was, in fact, a part of the United States Corona Project, a mission that produced the world's first successful space photo reconnaissance flights in an effort to monitor Soviet missile facilities. So they believe what you were seeing or what they reported, or I don't know how the hell Time Magazine got this, was that it actually wasn't the Discoverer satellite. It was actually a like super, super secret satellite that they were using to spy on Russia. And they didn't want people to know that's what it was, apparently. Yeah, that's like, uh, well, with Roswell again, how it was, uh, they claimed that it was, it was just a weather balloon, but actually it was that super secret nuclear explosion detecting weather balloon. And they kind of used the cover of, uh, in this case, it sounds like that it was the Russians when really it was them. And then they also used the cover that it was some other satellite that just kind of blew up. So they kind of had double coverage there for their own secret program. Do you think if the Russians found out they had that and they were spying on them, like they would have attacked immediately or something? Um, I mean, there was maybe during the Stalin years, but not during the Khrushchev years. Yeah. Uh, definitely during the Stalin years, there might have been like quite a response. But Khrushchev was a little bit less hostile and a little bit more, you know, conservative in their responses so i mean i'm not saying that he's like a great russian leader but i always felt like khrushchev like did a a lot more to help the country than stalin obviously did but uh oh yeah stalin was all about fucking iron fist you know like yeah. stalin first policy so definitely <clears throat> all right now the black knight satellite continued to be kind of relevant through the 70s and 80s, which included uh, science fiction author Philip K. Dick's 1981 novel, uh, Valis, or Vast Active Living Intelligence System, that uh, straight up mentions the Black Knight. Now, do you remember us talking about Philip K. Dick before? Was he one of the uh, the guys, the UFO researchers who was killed? Yes, he was. That yeah, is, I uh, so. yeah, I feel like we've talked about him a couple times on the show, but yeah, he was definitely one of them who died mysteriously, but I cannot for the life of me remember at all, like <laughs> how he died or anything and have to relook into that. But yeah, he, he's definitely one of them because he was a, he was a really big UFO guy around this time. Yeah. I do remember when you said the name last time, I said, oh, it's good to hear a Philip doing good for himself. <laughs> then you mentioned how he dies, and I'm like, ooh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Philip K. Dick, uh, it's you, or it's uh, what? Uh, some royalty. Philip Morris. Philip Morris, or some royalty in, uh, in what, Ireland getting their heads cut off? Yeah, basically. <laughs> or, or Prince Philip has yeah. the sweetest job on earth. <laughs> Ah, good point. I for always forget about him. Yeah. Now, or worse, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> now, uh, this kind of brings us back to the biggest event in the mythos of the Black Knight satellite that occurred in 1998, which I mentioned in the very beginning of the episode with the infamous photo that I just showed you. Um, and that was actually astronauts aboard the Space Shuttle Endeavor Flight 
STS-88 photographed that object um, that was hovering above Earth. Now, this space flight was particularly important because it was the first American space mission for the creation of the International Space Station. So, already I feel like it's really weird in your head. You're like, why would they even release this photo? Uh, You know what I mean? Like, they took the photo from their little whatever the hell they were in. But, uh, I don't know, it seems weird they'd even release that at all, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. It's a very momentous occasion, too, for it to happen in that situation. I wonder if that's the first time any astronauts or cosmonauts had ever seen this uh, satellite or taken pictures of it. I wonder if this is the only picture that's been sent out, if there's been more pictures taken of this before. No, this is that picture that I showed you is literally the only picture of it. Okay, I'm air quoting there. We're going to talk about the YouTuber in the very end here, but uh, the that picture is pretty much the only picture of what people believe is the Black Knight satellite. And it's just, uh, from that picture has basically them dug up everything that mentions the Black Knight satellite and kind of have woven it into this giant larger conspiracy explaining what this thing could be, essentially, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean there. But what I'm saying is I wonder if the 1998 picture is the only picture NASA's ever taken of it that's been released. Oh. I wonder I wonder if astronauts or cosmonauts have actually seen this thing before, but been told to shut their mouths about it. Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. I wonder if they've ever seen this thing and tried to make contact with it. That would be interesting, too, to <laughs> see if... It's systems like actually responded. That'd be kind of crazy. Well, let me let me tell you all about NASA's explanation about what this thing is. Okay. Yeah. Now, one of these astronauts that was aboard this particular space mission was named Jerry Ross and would be speaking about the sighting of the mysterious black object and the mission itself. Now, Ross claims that the entire creation of the International Space Station was a complete mess filled with all sorts of blunders. Like, we're talking about Three Stooges type of shit here. Now, (laughs) his explanation for what exactly the mysterious object actually is, is rather simple. The STS-88 mission required two spacewalks, one of which involves wrapping four... Trunian pinions, I think that's how you say it. I don't even know what a Trunian pinion is. On the S- Trunian. Trunian. Trunian pinion? Okay. So do you know yeah. what that thing actually is? Uh, a, a Trunian is kind of like a part that, like, I think it kind of, like, holds two pieces together. So it's got, like, it basically, um, like, you put a pin through it, and it holds two kind of movable pieces together. Helicopters use them. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense then. Now, the story goes, these pins, uh, he was installing them on a ISS node in in, uh, thermal blankets to prevent heat leaks uh, through the pin's exposed metal. According to Ross, while he and fellow astronaut Jim Newman were on a EVA installing these thermal blankets, what's an EVA again, Phil? 
Uh, that's a term used when you go on a spacewalk. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense then. Now, according to this man, one of these uh, thermal blankets came loose from the tether. So according to Jerry Ross, the entire ominous black object that people have constructed a century-long conspiracy about is nothing more than just a thermal blanket that he lost hold of that is now entering Earth's atmosphere and burning up or whatever. Um, That is NASA's reasoning for the shape in the picture that you see. Now, when you look at that, does that look like a thermal blanket to you? Uh, not really. No, (laughs) I imagined that NASA would use some kind of it's a bug on the window explanation. So, no, apparently to them, that item is a thermal blanket that the astronaut dropped. Um, I mean, it could it could possibly be like (laughs) some kind of outer piece and just kind of facing the camera at the right angle. The problem is, why would the NASA, why would the astronauts take a picture of it and, you know, send it out like that? That, Why? Why would they document their fuck up like that and then present it to the world? That's what I'm saying. Why why would they why wouldn't they just delete that photo or just say, "Hey, here's a thermal blanket." Why would they just have the picture and not explain it immediately? Yeah, also that uh that object looks really it might be just a size thing, but that object looks really far away and gigantic. Like it doesn't look like something small that's close up. The you know what it looks like to me? Literally the fucking alien spaceships from uh the Fifth Element. Oh yeah, the ones that come down and they look like a like a bee stinger on the bottom. Yeah, the the yeah. Uh, whatever the guardians or whatever the hell they they have like little keys in their fingers or whatever the hell those things are. Oh, the uh, the dudes who look like giant pigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, that's a good movie. That is great documentary. <clears throat> so <laughs> it might be one day. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Me and my friend Nick always uh, used to do like. The multi-pass thing. Remember when she does it? <laughs> multi-pass. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the last thing I have here um, is something that I stumbled across. Now, one YouTube channel called Terry's Theory claimed that there's actually photos of the Black Knight satellite taken from Apollo 17 which was the last time NASA launched a space flight to the moon. I watched this whole little six-minute video. Uh, anybody can check it out. So Apollo 17 launched on December 7, 1972, and landed on the moon on December 12, 1972. So Terry, while he was searching through, he literally does this in the video, He's searching through thousands of these photos taken from uh, Apollo 17, which is open to the public. You can literally look at these if you want to. He stumbles upon this one particular image of Earth, and in the very corner, it looks like a little shape, kind of like the Black Knight satellite is. Like, you have to really, you can barely see it there, but if you zoom in on it, it kind of has the shape of the... uh, uh, the picture that I showed you, it's just you can't see it in quite as much detail. But the weird thing is, is that the picture was taken in 1972. 
obviously now there's like space debris fucking everywhere up there, but in 1972, there wouldn't have been nearly as much as there is in 1998, right? So, oh yeah, definitely. It's it's a very weird thing to have in the photo, but again, it could be some debris or something, but it's just very weird that it was taken so long before 1998. So, I don't I don't really know. I uh, it's just a very the whole situation is very weird. It's a lot of like really weird events that have kind of been just woven into this one really big satellite or whatever big conspiracy. Yeah. Did he say that he was looking through all those pictures specifically looking for the the Black Knight satellite or was he just looking for anything like alien? He was just looking for anything. Just anything. Anything? Okay. I was going to say if he was specifically looking for the Black Knight satellite, then I would say, well, he went looking for something and he found it. When you when you look for something, you're going to find it. So no, it's yeah. If he was just looking for anything, then I guess that's a little better. Well, I mean, like the interesting, though. the Apollo 17, like I, in his video shows him clicking through all the pictures and there's like a fucking thousand pictures, you know, from the flight or whatever of basically Earth and all of that. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I he must have looked like when you first look at the picture, you can't even see it. But then you look in the very bottom corner and there's just like this little black object down there. Like, you can see how big Earth is, and then there's just this, like, little object kind of in the lower atmosphere. It's very, very strange. One of those things where once you see it in the picture, you can't unsee it. Your eyes yeah. are just drawn to it every time. Yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty interesting. You said that that Apollo mission, they took thousands of pictures of Earth. That's a lot of Photoshop to do back then with that <laughs> technology to make it look round. I, dude, just imagine how many <laughs> pictures there is of all the Apollo flights, like... Jesus Christ, how would they Photoshop all of them? Yeah, pretty diligent staff over there at NASA. <laughs> to cover, and it's funny, it's like, why in the world would they even cover that up? I have no fucking idea. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, basically that concludes the Black Knight satellite, Phil. What are hmm. some of your thoughts about this potential object or whatever? I mean, it's really interesting, uh... There's a shit ton of satellites up in like near Earth orbit right now. Uh, like there's so much space junk, like you were talking about. Like it's almost getting to the point where it's a problem now. It's amazing that there hasn't been more pictures of this taken. That's my first thing. It's like it's almost like uh, what was 1998. That was two decades ago. Yeah. So 22 years now. Um, you would think that there would be more pictures taken of it by other space, you know, uh, like the Chinese are up there. The Russians are up there. The British go up there pretty much with us. But you would think that like more people would have taken pictures of it or detected it um, in outer space because all of those satellites are tracked. So Unless, what if it left or something? I, I don't know. Or it hit, I, I don't really know that. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. You know, what's funny. I don't even I know if this is an overestimation but from one thing i was reading there's like they estimate there's like a hundred thousand satellites and just debris up there oh yeah you gotta think every single how many cell phones are there on earth how much how many gps satellites old fucking intelligence satellites that haven't been turned on in 30 years just floating around up there yeah or there's old satellites just waiting to be turned on in case shit goes down yeah yeah I was just like, Jesus, that seems like a lot of shit up there. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of space. It's not, you know, 
I mean, it's kind of like throwing a fucking bottle of water in the, you know, it's, there's a lot of ocean out there. So one bottle's not going to do it. But when you get enough for a whole continent sized full of fucking garbage, one that's kind of the problem they're running into now. Won't they trying to launch? Won't they eventually, won't, doesn't that debris eventually that gets sucked out into space or come crashing into earth? Yeah, it depends on its orbit and uh, how high up it is. The problem is when it orbits around the Earth, it goes like super fucking fast. Like its orbit takes it how like takes it around the Earth. You would think that Earth and the moon like and the sun really would disrupt its like orbit and eventually either send it out or put it in. It's kind of crazy that there's so much shit left up there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh if we ever live to the point where there's actual space travel, which I hope we do, uh, it'll be interesting to see all that. It'll look like New York City up in the fucking orbit. Yeah, hopefully they clean that shit up by the time we get up there. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be taking a fucking. Oh yeah, we're gonna take a you know six and a half hour trip to the moon. All of a sudden, you hit a fucking a little screw from some satellite from the 1980s, and you know implodes your fucking ship yeah that would be oh god that would suck but yeah. but um i'm just gonna get my final thing here i i don't really know what it is i in the picture doesn't to me look like a goddamn thermal blanket but i guess it very well could be is it an alien artifact i, I don't know if we believe aliens are real i definitely would assume they're keeping an eye on everybody or just watching you know, how humans do stuff or whatever. But if they have flying saucers and whatever, why would they need that fucking old ass satellite? Yeah, you would. Well, also the thing that the problem that I have is everyone says it's 13,000 years old, but the only person like seems like the origin of it came from a science fiction writer saying it was 13,000 years old. Yeah, that's the so. worth the that's what I mean. It's just like. Things just keep getting sucked into this goddamn thing. Yeah, everything just snowballs. Everything that sounds kind of like it just gets snowballed in like little facts. I will say the uh, the Tesla thing is really interesting to me because that dude messed with some really weird shit. Yeah, it's it's one of those deals where he's so smart he almost seems like an alien himself. He's kind of <laughs> like that Elon Musk character. <laughs> I think that's why David Bowie played such a good Tesla in uh, uh, The Prestige, because he's probably as weird as Tesla was. Oh, yeah. Super fucking eccentric. Yeah. But uh, I think Bowie was, like, insanely intelligent with, like, music and stuff. Yeah. He did a really good job in the movie Zoolander, too, if you ever see that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have. The gasoline fight. I love that part. Yeah. R random gasoline fight. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but anyway, Phil, if anybody wants to look at said picture of Black Knight Satellite and tell us what they think, where can they do that? Well, uh, they can take a look at the picture on our Instagram page. It's Subliminal Deception Podcast. It's on IG. Uh, we also have an email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send any theories that you might have for what this is. Or, you know, if you have a suggestion for an episode we might want to do. Uh, you know, give it a shot. We have actually done one in the past, but uh, that was a really good one. 23 and me. Oh, we yeah. also have our own personal Instagrams. Mine's SD pod Phil. I'm 
making a point to start checking it at least once a week and posting something. So, you know, give me a shot there. Cody, you got a few? Yeah, you can follow my uh, my personal one at Cody Zabub. Uh, yeah, for sure, like Phil said, if you have recommendations, uh, especially of conspiracies or weird events that aren't that well-known, I would really enjoy that. I think Phil would too. So hit us up on Instagram or email. Um, otherwise, if you're into true crime, paranormal, all that stuff, follow my other podcast, Bumblebub Podcast on Instagram or your favorite podcasting application. Uh, I, I, as far as we know, we're getting some new listeners and our new listeners, what we could use from you is a five star review on iTunes. Help the show grow. Uh, help. Phil and I boost our uh, egos a little bit. That's always great. Uh, type in whatever the hell you want. Doesn't matter. Just hit five star or join us on the revolution for the Spotify takeover, which I am all aboard. But uh, anyway, I uh, hope you guys love the episode or found it interesting at least. And we will see you next week. All right. Great job, Cody. Thanks, guys. <laughs>